0: All right, I believe we're on. Wayne Ridden, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you?
1: Oh, thanks very much, Brett. Um, we've been watching your podcast for so, so many years now. So, you know, you're really keeping the info out there for all of the swimming families.
0: I appreciate it, mate. Well, you know, what I'm trying to do is kind of just put a spotlight on people that are doing amazing things around the world in the sport of swimming. And um, I've had a couple of South Africans on my show already. And every time I have one on, I get a group of messages that tell me you got to have Wayne Ridden on, you got to have Wayne Ridden on. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, let me track him down and see if we, see if he'll come on for me. So I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no problem at all. So what, like for the people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, you, you've been in swimming for forever and uh, been a leader in South Africa forever, but um, give us a little bit of your background if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult um, to, you know, 44 years of coaching. I started when when I was 18, um, mm-hmm. I had to put myself to university, but I think um, I received 30 rands for some fuel in those days and I was declared a professional <laughs> by our local district. So I went into the coaching fully. And yeah, 44 years later, I must. I look back and I say to myself, wow, you know, it's quite a journey that you travel with so many of these top swimmers. Um, and I've been privileged in, in what we've managed to do but obviously a swimming background. Um, I came from here in little Pietermaritzburg. And, um, you know, from 18, the kids were very young. And my first Olympic swimmer was Daryl Cronier, Mm. who came along here, very tall, young guy, and ended ended up under Sam Fries um, at LSU. It was the first scholarship that we had um, sent the swimmers over to the United States. And um, you Ross was with him as well um, at LSU. So, you know, there's a big connection to, to South Africans in the United States now. Um, you know, following um, following the swimmers was Brendan Dierdekind, who's actually in Orlando now. Yeah. Um, he was the Olympic swimmer in 1996 um, and again in 2000, um, having been a finalist in that 53. Nick Folker, who's also coaching mm-hmm. <laughs> um, out in Hawaii now. Um, you know, so the, the, the group has just got bigger and bigger. You know, so I'm one of the, only, well, I'm the only South African coach who's had a swimmer um, at the Olympics every year since 1992. So wow. it's my own personal sort of like achievement that I keep on trying to make sure that we get somebody new at the, at the Olympics each year, you know, and um, Brad Tandy has just announced his um, retirement mm. um, he came from a smaller town called Ladysmith um, and was one of our top sprinters. Eventually I convinced him how good he could be. Um, he was from a uh, coach, Ivan Ball. And um, his career then took off once he had got to the States, going to Indian River and off to Arizona. So, yeah. you know, the, the United States college system has done a lot for us.
0: Yeah, and then recently, I guess, you've had success with Matt Sates, is that correct?
1: Yeah, Matthew started with me as a little eight-year-old, and so he's been with me for 10 years. And, um, and he's brought a lot more joy because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, the, the facilities we got here in South Africa sometimes are not quite good enough. Um, but I've always wanted to achieve that highest level um, with the swimmer before they went to the United States. And we sort of got there with Darian Townsend in 2004, when he was part of that famous South African relay team. And um, Darian now also one of the, uh, the coaches coming through in the United States as well um, across in Arizona. Yeah. So, you know, now Matt Sates last year, you know, the World Juniors was, was cancelled. And um, we had sort of made the Olympic team very late. So it was, you know, what do we do on the training program? We can't do another full cycle to Olympic Games. So I wasn't expecting, you know, too much, but I think making the semi-final for the tournament was great. And um, I set sights on the um, the World Cup and didn't really tell anybody what was going down there because um, it was basically off what Darren Townsend had done in 2009 when he broke the the world record in the tournament individual medley in Berlin.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's um, you know, when I look at Matt, he's an incredible athlete, and he's doing some outstanding things. Just just had success winning his first NCAA title at Georgia. You know, coming in just three months in and kind of learning the ropes and figuring out short course yard swimming. And but but when I look at him, Wayne, he's not an imposing figure. But when I hear stories of him, I hear that he's got uh the heart of a lion. I mean, this this kid, um, you know, is is kind of put in the same vein as kind of the next Chad LaClo, you know, somebody that loves to compete, somebody that loves to train and is just uh physically tough, but but not physically imposing. Would you agree?
1: Yes, you know, we didn't sort of push the the sort of weight work or gym work, strength work too much. We concentrated on the on the swimming. Um, one of Matt's biggest advantages he's not scared of doing anything in the water. Um, when you challenging challenge him to something in a set, you'll always have a go at it. Um, I always measure what he's going to produce in, in the times he's doing in training. And, and he always steps up to the mark when he's got to produce a result. Um, and he trusts the program, which is something quite important. You know, if the swimmers aren't trusting the program, it becomes very difficult. Um, mm. I think Matt's decisions as he gets older are going to get a little bit tougher. It's not that easy now if you want to, like, then go on the pro circuit and everything like that. It, you know, it's, it may not be as easy going as what he's had up until now. But as uh, tough as nails when it comes to training and Chad Leclerc and him trained at the beginning of last year and they produced some really amazing sets, you know, and I just wish that we could get four, a few more training partners for, for Matt um, because I'd like him to try and carry on with the programs we basically have structured up until this period because, you know, he's a unique individual medley swimmer. We had to work hard on his backstroke and it'll be nice to try and get um, people following the program that Matt does instead of Matt having to adjust to somebody else's program.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think you'd be able to pull some people in to to be able to keep up with him? I mean, he seems like he can handle a lot of work. Um, is there enough of a pool of athletes in South Africa or would, would he have to go and look in, in other programs to get those training partners?
1: Well, we've got a number of options. I think, um, you know, we I'm obviously talking to Rocco Mayring who's who's very successful mm-hmm. up in the Tux um, University side. Uh, I know he's had a chat to you about a few things. So we're looking at possibly taking another young guy, Peter could see, um, you know, and, and getting Matt and him to work a little bit closer together, and then Rock and I will work together with the two guys coming up. Um, but I do believe that these guys need a little bit more than staying at home. They've got to go out and compete a lot more. So we've got to identify the meets that are going to work for them. Um, you know, the United States has always got their draw card for every every summer, and I've been travelling there since nineteen ninety two with um, with swimming groups. And majority of our swimmers that have ended up on scholarship over there, you know, have, have done a trip with me first. And um, our favorite area is obviously Florida because of the weather. Mm. Um, swimming Hall of Fame, competing there has always been a great one that we couldn't compete in the last um, trip that we had. So with the new revamped Hall of Fame, I'm keen to get back there next year again. So I'm sure Matt will be around with us, you know, at all of those, those training camps.
0: That's all. Now, he's obviously just made this decision to leave Georgia and, and turn professional. Did you have any say in that? Were you able to kind of talk him through any of that decision-making, or did he just bring it to you and say, this is what I'm doing?
1: Yeah, you know, I think he was really, he was thriving on the, the fact that he was racing with people like Luca Orlando and, mm-hmm. and the friends that he was meeting in, in Georgia, and it was probably the bigger decision for him to make than people thought. Um, yeah. But the bottom line is, you know, he had to take the difficult decision between I need to train hard, I like to train hard, and I'm doing two sessions a day. What do I do in between? He normally goes home and rests. He's not a guy that will go out and socialize or anything no. like that. And and I think the college system was taking its toll. You know, he arrived there very late, you know, 15 days or 10 days or so late. He had to play a bit of catch-up. Um, and I, And I just felt that, you know, it was a little bit too overwhelming for him. He's still quite a young kid. And the decision, I thought, was actually a little bit more mature. At the end of the day, he said, I want to swim really well this year at World Champs and, um, and, and at um, Commonwealth Games. So the decision is, you know, to do the work that he needed to do on the academic side. He just didn't feel that it was going to allow him to swim the speeds that he wants to swim. So mm-hmm. quite, a, quite a decision for anybody. And, you know, only time will tell. You know, <laughs> time is never enough in swimming, but, you know, time will tell whether it was the right decision or not.
0: Wayne, I know you've been an advocate for swimming in in your country for many years. Has it been frustrating for you to not get the improvements as fast as you want them in terms of facilities, maybe, and and maybe things that you you know even funding and things like that? Is it is it difficult for you to see your best athletes, you know, get them to a certain point and then head off to America?
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's very frustrating for us because. You know, effectively there's, I mean, a number of swimmers who, you know, just didn't have the finances behind them with their parents to, to be able to go much further. You know, we've been fortunate from our swimming club, our seals in South Africa, one of the older swimming clubs still surviving in South Africa, that we organized that Aquela Midman Mile, you know, which is in its 50th anniversary next year and, and the funding from there is, you know, passed down to the club so whatever profits we make from that event and it holds the guinness book of records as the largest open water swimming and swimming event in the world so we take pride in that and that's what i've got to do as as, as another part of the job at the club um, and then we take the funds from that and try and help all the swimmers as far as we can so we've helped a lot of a lot of swimmers um that have ended up in the states by by giving them their first trips there and things like that but it is frustrating. Where, where do we get funds from? We try every year to try and see if we can draw more funds in to help our top swimmers. We, at the moment, have got huge number of swimmers, talented group of swimmers. I don't know why they always come from South Africa. I mean, I look at this Lara Farnikirk, um, who's been produced by Eugene DePonta. Very similar situation to myself and Matt. Started off at you the know, tender age of eight years old and they spent this 10 years developing to where she's now, and, and she went and beat Tatiana Skunmarka at our, our championships last mm. week. You know, one of five, sixes, you know, they, they they really high up in the world, you know, in the twenty nine seven, you know, breaking the Africa and South Africa record um, in the 50 meter. so she's one of the top ranked in the world at the moment. And that's all from Eugene, you know, and Eugene was actually part of the first junior trip that um, I had swimmers on. He was a swimmer in those days. And uh, Dean Price and myself were, were, were one of the, were the coaches. So, you know, it's nice to see guys like that, you know, eventually developing a swimmer of that, of that sort of level, you know, and, and he's very modest about it, you know, and, um, and, and really they're doing great. So you're going to see her on the world stage to a large extent. We tried to get funding for her last year to go on the Swimming World Cup with us. I think she would have really, you know, turned everybody's heads there, already um so i'm hoping that we can you know help her through this year because i think she'll really be on the world stage properly
0: we individualize training in the pool so why not individualize your nutrition erica Barney of Barney wellness building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans so stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Yeah, mate. There's always uh, there's always so much talent coming out of South Africa. I mean, the kids that come out are, are world class, you know, real quickly. And it's like, wow. I mean, this is incredible. The amount of talent. What, what do you think that what's it what's it attributed to? You know, why are so many people swimming in South Africa? Why is there so much talent coming out of there? Um, and I have have more questions beyond that, but just in terms of that, what what do you think?
1: Well, you know, I do believe that it starts off with the coaches. The coaches mm-hmm. are very dedicated and passionate here, right? Um, they, you know, the kids start off at a young age, our school system, our primary school system is um, involving a lot of competition um, in the summer. Um, in South Africa, you're getting more and more schools at our school level, especially um, heating, swimming pools and having indoor facilities. So a lot of coaches are heading towards that. Um, and yeah, the, the, the South Africans want to work hard. Um, I do find that the, the average training in, a, in our situation, that the kids are tough. Mm. Um, we went through a phase where the boys weren't as tough, and now they're coming back again. So I think it's, every, every country is going to have its cycles. But um, the school system at our primary school level, our junior school level, um, does set them up into going to compete. And then we can find out, do a lot more talent identification. So you take those together with the coaches that we've got that are really passionate about what they're doing um i think it just argues for a, a really good um end point, you know like where the kids can can go and compete i do feel though that our, our the structure of our competitions need to need to change once again we haven't had a good experience now now in our, in our trials that we've just had um, but our juniors you know they start from 10 and under ready at, at, at a high level so you know i think we should concentrate on seeing how we don't lose those swimmers at a young age that are doing well
0: yeah <clears throat> would you say there's a general philosophy in south africa you know sometimes when you when you look at a certain country you say well there's there's gen- a general philosophy that that country kind of adheres to um what would be the general philosophy in south africa when it comes to coaching swimmers
1: well you know it's not easy to to find jobs in south africa you know the, the south africa has a fairly high unemployment rate so mm that's why I say that the coaches really want to produce something. So there's the need to produce as well as the, you know, the passion for the sport. And I think Mm. those two things go down pretty good um, for for any country really. And, um, you know, we have a lot of competitions. Competition will always make swimmers better. Right. Um, I think the competitions will make the coaches better as well.
0: Right. Right. What about in terms of coaching, education and um, staying ahead of the times and kind of where swimming is going. I mean, obviously you got swimmers coming out and getting on the world stage, so the, you're doing a lot of things right. How how do you guys educate yourself? Is there is there sharing amongst the coaches? Do you support each other, or is it, you know, are you are they working against each other? What's the setup down there? Well, you
1: know, I think uh, right from the days of Penny Haines. Um, you know doing really well out there you know still the sort of leading breaststroker of all time with with two gold medals at an Mm -hmm. Olympics and and I think from that point onwards there was a lot of sharing you know you've got people like Peter Williams who 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 was um, at Olympics himself who's now a leading coach in South Africa you've got the old coaches who he fell under at the time and, and all those coaches come together on, on a fairly regular basis, you know, at mm. least twice a year, sometimes three or four times a year, depending on which tournaments they go to. And they do, they share a lot of information, but Swimming South Africa themselves have got their own education process where, you know, the, to become a, a level one coach, you, you've got to do certain courses. So there's a lot of control here, which is a little bit of a pain for us older coaches who have already you know, sort of achieved something. So we have a, you know, reference to our prior sort of coaching that we've done. So we, we were fortunate. But for any new coach here, it's not an easy one to to suddenly jump up to become a level one, two or three coach. So I think that the, the policies they've put in place for coaches to get onto the pool deck is, is making it good that we have got educated coaches mm. to start off and um you know the, the experience from people like graham hill who eventually you know with chad and uh, with chad um leclo in in 2012 doing what yep. he did and cameron front berg you know all those coaches have continued giving an input to south african swimming mm. so i think that whole combination is is letting us go forward in the right direction Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel that we still could make it better, though, and, and it will actually show a lot more force because our relays is something that I worked on in two for the year 2000 when I went to mm-hmm. Sydney with the team. And four years later, they went to win that relay. Now, I think we're on the similar track now where we're trying to get a little bit more depth by, by adding this, the, the relays into it. And, and looking at what we've got at the moment, there's certainly something special that we can actually produce even for, you know, Paris and, and four years later, and these kids could still be swimming, you know, at Paris and another four years. So I think we need to look after them and try and get those relays to be a lot faster.
0: Right. Right. What about your, your stars in South Africa? Are they, are they doing enough? Are they, are they putting themselves out there in terms of leadership when it comes to um uh, promotion of the sport uh, i'm not sure like i don't know what it's like down there but i've actually never been to south africa wayne i want to come and visit so um i'm trying i'm trying to get there i'd love to come out but uh i'm kind of blind i'm like well what, what is it How, you know i've seen pictures and i hear about it but until you get there you don't really know so i'm i'm painting a picture from the people that i talk to you know so so tell me what yeah. it's like to be a swim star in south africa
1: Oh, i'm going to talk on the top of my head here now you know if you came to south africa you know it's it's easy for us to show the numbers we're working with um you know they're fairly small compared to a a huge you know club that that rocco measuring has now ended up with mm. um i mean it's an amazing what he's done because he's got that education facility right there by him you know his hands are tied in what he can do um you know because he's actually working for the university. Right. But he's produced, you know, to have two Olympians last year, you know, I was fortunate to be there by his side, you know, and the pride that I saw in him when Tatiana did what she did and Kayleen Corbett in the 200 breaststroke final, you know, what mm. she did. That was a special moment, you know, and it's something which shows what South Africans can produce. And, you know, he's fortunate with the facility that he's got and he can put numbers in it because they have 12 lanes mm. and it's showing that that's what we should aim at. So if you ever wanted to see what the system was like, that's perfectly the place to go to. You want to go nice. to see how Rocco is handling the numbers and um, because yeah. it, it can only get harder for him, um, you know, and we set up satellite clubs many years ago, and then everybody tried to, you know, somebody wanted us to sort of not have satellite clubs, but I do believe that our input at satellite clubs with those coaches is important. So satellite clubs should be a good thing, not a bad thing. and. Yeah. Um, you know they should have left. Um, you know Rocco to carry on with his satellite clubs and myself down here in the Peter Marisburg area, which feeds off um, Durban as well. Um, because those coaches are learning from us. Um, we still don't know everything. I can tell you that. You know every time a summer comes back from the states, I, I learn something new. Every time I go somewhere, I learn something new. The World Cup was something special last year. Um, you know with what what Matt Sates did, and I think he taught a lot of people a lot of things too. That you can go there as the, as an unknown. And in one month, turn your life on its head, you know. And, and that's what he did, you know. But as I say, that that little story is something special because it was all of Darian Townsend's times he did, you know, almost 10 years ago. He broke yeah. the world record and and I recognized that Matt was just as fast. You know, we had a situation at, um, at South African Champs last year where Matt only went to 155 at the Champs. And I thought to myself, am I actually going crazy? Do I really think Matt can go the speed of, of Darien Townsend and I just stuck by the program, you know, which is what Darian did. He came here six weeks before he broke that world record and he worked with us here in Peter Pietermaritzburg and then he went out and he broke the world record. So, Matt's times were all on a par with that and we trusted in it and, and he produced that result. So, you know, 151 from a 155 seems almost impossible, but the times had shown that already when he did that 157.6 to qualify for the Olympic games last year so you know those associations is what our young people have to like realize you know they can go that fast the confidence that we're trying to install in our swimmers but they need to race against those top swimmers if they don't it's a little tough so tatiana racing at olympics and then coming back here has is, is, is shared that information with a lot of people um you know the the, the, the top swimmers do get involved with as many people as they can, but they've got to actually trained, So it's a little bit difficult. South Africa is not as close. The cities are not as close as you think sometimes. You know, Durban and Peter Marisburg are close, but Johannesburg and Pretoria are close. And then you've got Cape Town, that's a long way away from us. So yeah. getting them together, the tournaments, you know, you'll see the people like Tatiana, you know, mixing very nicely. So she's a very sociable girl. And it's really the pride of South Africa at the moment after her performances last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She she did incredible and um, shocked the world in a way of, of you know winning that event, but breaking that world record. But is there is there now this expectation on her and maybe even Matt Sates to now go and do the same thing in Paris? Is is that is that weight of expectation going to be really heavy for the both of them?
1: You know, I'm sure that they're going to feel it because it's actually the media that normally builds up that hype. Those swimmers at that level know that anything can happen. They may not even make the final when they get to the next tournament. Um, I remember Penny Haynes winning the double gold in 1996 and um, being the the team manager and the head coach in in 2000. Everybody is talking about the number of medals you're going to win. Mm. And uh, I kept on reminding people that it's an Olympic Games, okay, anything can happen there you get the underdog coming through the unexpected is always going to happen right. and they were expecting somebody somebody's already made history by winning the only double gold at Olympic Games and the females to do the same thing four years later you know so when she didn't quite do that you know everybody sort of said oh wow you know what happened nothing happened this is swimming you know right. swimming teaches everybody its own lessons So, and we must learn from it. You know, we all try and as coaches do, do the job like everybody else, you know, and sometimes we get lucky in the way and, and we get the best results. So pressure is something I make sure that is not on the kids when they go anywhere, they're there to do their best. And that's all. So I remember Penny Haynes saying way back in 1999, when she broke those 14 world records in about three weeks, I think. And, sure answer to a question about the pressure and everything was every time I go to a swimming meet, all I'm trying to do is my own best. Mm. That just happens to be the world record at the moment. And if people keep it that simple, I think they'll actually do a lot better.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a a good message for Matt moving forward and being that junior world record holder and and now breaking into the opens and, and having to compete at that top level. Now it'll be, it'll be a good message for him to stay focused on the simplicity of just going out there to do your best, you know? Um, yeah. Tell me this, you've had uh, a, ha- a huge hand, obviously in this uh, Midmar Mile open water event. That's the largest open water event in the world. Can you tell my audience a little bit about that?
1: Well, it's a swim that um, was started off in 1974 um, by the Seal Swimming Club. And um, the group of water polo players that got together Guy who's still living, yeah, the founder, Batia Batnot. Um, you know, 50th anniversary next year. It's going to be a huge affair. But when I took over 32 years ago and started organising this event, I had a, a help from a lot of friends because I was involved in in organising of events at that stage with a company called Rave Event Marketing, and Ray Thorne, who now lives in Australia, was doing really well with events, and my input was, you know, I worked for him, and then I sort of was handed this event when the previous organizer, Clive Chapman, said, okay, it's got too big for him and they wanted to put restrictions on the numbers. And I said, I think we just batch people and so on. And we built it and it went from two and a half thousand swimmers and we went up to six thousand. And then over the next few years, we <laughs> broke the 10,000 mark. And we got to 2008, I think we peaked at about 17 and a half thousand swimmers.
0: Mm, and
1: we've sort of leveled off at about 12,000 to 13,000 swimmers now. Covid affected us quite a lot, um, and we've always tried to use this mile concept we have here in South Africa. It's a straight mile across the dam, and it's a very nice facility. We bring a lot of United States swimmers across there. We've had Ashley Twitchell racing here a lot of times, and it's really she's won it I think like seven times. Um, Kerri-Ann Payne from Great Britain is is one of the leading um, you know winners as well on that side. We haven't had top males coming across from the United States, so we're still waiting for that to happen. But we've just had, just last week, a meeting with um, Swim Oz. I don't know if you know much about their event. And they started off with the same concept. A couple of the people in, the, in amongst the businesses across there have done Midmar Mile, and they're sort of trying to, you know, emulate the same thing there. So we're going to be working closely with Swim Oz as well to try and see if we can. I can't understand how America, South African swimmers registered are less than just the number of swimmers in Florida. You've got all those states why do we not have the world's greatest and most highest numbers coming from the united states and i believe that it could if we just change the way it is set up and i think if if they get it right um, i'm waiting to see if we can get the world's largest water swim actually coming out of america
0: man what i do know about south africa is you have the world's largest fish in the ocean that have really sharp teeth so what's the story down here we're doing it we're doing an open water swim in um shark infested waters is that what's going on yeah we don't
1: (laughs) yeah we we go more in dams here there's a lot of dams that are are really clean and um fortunately this midmar dam that we have in peter maritzburg you know is just such a nice venue um i think the venue has been one of the major reasons why it has grown to this extent um when I have a look at the events that are in the ocean, they don't, they don't draw as many numbers, um, and obviously that's one of the reasons is people get a bit nervous of the ocean swimming, but also it can be get rough here in this country. It's not like the the waters of Florida where you can swim out and relax out there, you know, there's br- waves that are breaking and they can get quite big. We've had, when I was a triathlete in, in the 90s, we've had events that the swimmers actually couldn't go out there and do the swim, it was so rough in the sea, so... You know, that's it's just very relative. If there's a good venue like Port Elizabeth where they have the Iron Man's um, competitions, they had to cancel the iron the swim just just over a week ago. They had to cancel the swim because of the rough sea. Mm. So we tend to avoid the seas. We go to the dams that are really clean. Um, but again, you know, if we go to some places in, in the United States, we're gonna have alligators it's (laughs) probably just the same as our sharks in the in the oceans here but probably more south than than up at our area
0: that's good to know now you did mention 50th anniversary next year so that sounds like something i could come down for right
1: yeah it'll be good if you travel in you know it's always the second sunday weekend in in february okay um and let us know you know bring a team of swimmers with you we're looking for that top guy who can race we had an australian male winning. But um, we haven't had a, a USA male winning yet. So how far is the swim? What we can do. It's just a straight mile. So it's a oh. it's a one straight mile that we start on one side of the dam and you swim in a straight mile across to the finish. So two separate start and finishes. Oh. And we got to bus people to the start and things like that. It's a whole festival atmosphere. We run over four days. So the first two days we have people doing all eight miles. They swim eight miles there's some people doing crazy things like swimming 16 miles and they raise funds for charity. Mm. So the funds that we raised for the various charities that are involved has been over 4 million Rand and next year we want to break 5 million Rand. So we give a lot to charities with the swim as well. And then on the Saturday we have like the, the fun team events. Um, So we have a non-company section, family section, and company teams that can come through and swim. And then on Sunday we have what we call the age group competitions and that's where the sort of 13 and under girls and then we have age groups of 10 years 31 to 40 41 to 50 we go right to 81 and over and um and then we have the grand finale which is the 14 to 30 where our top competition swimmers go to and we have hotspots at 400 800 and 1200 meters where they swim for the money you know Mm. as they're going across the line so so we add a lot of competition to it so um you know it becomes quite a special event at the end um and we're hoping that we're going to get over fifteen thousand next year because it's the 50th anniversary so wow let's just see how it goes
0: wow that's amazing well let me let me know when it's coming up if you need me to promote it in any way or if i can get any information out there in the lead up to the 50th i'd love to get out there myself i don't know about competing uh you know for the the top prize i don't know if i'm in that kind of shape but i might be able to bring someone down who can uh compete but i'd love to just get down there and, and be part of the festivities it sounds like an awesome event
1: yeah our steve monotones um has, has come out a few years and lexi kelly so if you want to chat to them when you see them they're out on the californian side and um, nice. you know so we're hoping that they'll be out for the 50th anniversary next year as well um so yeah i, I think you know as many of you can bring across we'll see what we can do for you on the side you know yeah um you know if you fall into your your age group category i don't know if you if you've ever chatted to a guy by the name of paul blackbeard he's Uh an ex-south african swimmer and he's still doing really well in you know as a master he's in his 60s and he's one of our our really top guys we will make sure a guy like him is here because he has a huge following Mm -hmm. um he races out of australia now but um amazing you know ability you know he swam in our provincial sides and everything through until he was like 35 36 years old so you know, special people will be out here next year. So if you if you do come, it'll, next year's the year to come.
0: Yeah, that's it. So I'm I'm in. I'm I'm feeling it. Fifty years, let's go. I'll do it. Um, well, I appreciate this, Wayne. Thanks for for doing this. Uh, nice to get to know you more. And uh, is there anything? Are you are you traveling with the South African team at all coming up? Are you going to Commonwealth Games or anything like that?
1: Well, we, we obviously, I've planned everything for Matt States, obviously, um, all the way through. And that's why, you know, it's, it'll be quite nice to see if anybody wants to join us, um, you know, and, and follow training type program that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go to Mara Nostrum as the stepping stone to world, cha- world champs in Budapest. Um, you know, we met amazing people in in, in um, Budapest last year, and, and it'll be nice to be back there. And then we're going to have a period we haven't decided on yet before commonwealth games so that is going to be to try and perform matt i don't know if he um, if people have picked up you know he has this major clash um on the first day of world champs it's the 400 free plus the 400 im and mm. the start and the end so i've said to him you want to make your name big Take on both of them and see how you go, you know. So we, 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 I have him thinking about that. So, so we'll have to do a fair bit of work to be able to see if he can take on both or choose maybe after swimming the heats of both and then decide which one he wants to race, you know.
0: Wow, yeah that that's a big that's a big double. I, don't, I know many people <laughs> that that'll take that one on, but uh, good for him, good for you, and uh, good luck with everything. You um, sounds like you're doing great stuff, and uh, Matt Matt's a great kid. I know that for sure. So. Um, good luck and thanks for doing this. Okay.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks very much. And yeah, anytime. You know, if you want to speak to anybody else here, you haven't got their contacts Let me know. I'm um, cool. talking to a guy like Eugene de Ponte, Lara Fennikuk. You know, the, those those yeah. are really special people coming through here. Awesome. Um, Peter could see himself. You know, 17 years old yeah. now, doing amazing times in the backstroke. So
0: yeah,
1: you know, they 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 good people coming through.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll keep in touch with them and uh, get them on the program. I appreciate it, Wayne. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks very much, Brett. See you, mate. Okay. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply.